do want to <clears throat> say that it's so good to be in church and glad that you are here today. And as <clears throat> again, as I prayed this morning, I just felt really. Um, and I, I'm praying about stuff. I'm, I'll, I'll say whatever I'm going to say here at the end of it. And but um, I just felt like been feeling like getting us three to do something like this again anyway. And last time we kind of done an object thing. We pulled out an object and each one of us talked about it and drawed numbers. But uh, and but I prayed. I had this scripture come to me today, and and um, Jake had mentioned to me last night. I said, "Hey, you got you got tomorrow." covered or somebody print and they've been asking me that and I just said I'll let you know <laughs> so but as I prayed this morning I've really felt impressed to do this and uh, I'm going to tell you that God necessarily spoke to me I can't tell you 100% but I really felt led and impressed that uh, this would be a direction to go today and um, so we're all going to use the same verse and we all have X amount of time. And I don't know if it'll be three thoughts come out of it. Or they'll all flow together. I don't know. But we shall see what happens. And Jake can draw the first part of the straw today. And I told him, I said, and I will follow that same, same thing. Unless all of a sudden the Lord strikes and hits and something happens and you just take it all or you take it all or whatever. But... Uh, we're going to try to keep it between 10 and 15 minutes for, for all of us. And, and uh, we're going to see what happens in God today. But Jacob's the first one's going to come. So and he's going to run the media from there on out anyway. So we just when he gets done, Texas will go. When he gets done, I'll go. So here's Jacob. Praise the Lord. God is good. So we are going to start off talking in Isaiah chapter 35 verse number 8 and highway shall be there in a way and it shall be called the way of holiness the unclean shall not pass over it but it shall be for those the wayfaring men though fools shall not err therein there's this interesting thing that came about when we come to uh, Jesus talking to his disciples in John chapter 14. Jesus goes into and starts telling them that I am going away and you will be able to follow me the way you already know. And they said, since when do we know? I don't know this way. What are you talking about, Jesus? And he responded, he said, I am the way the truth and the life no man can come to the father but by me and this seems to be a common theme for jesus because back in john 3 he had once again done something very similar he said except a man be born again of the water and of except a man be born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of god and he's met with confusion and is responded to and says, How can a man be born when he is old? Shall he enter again into his mother's womb and be born? You see, our way and God's way 
are not exactly perfectly lined up little patterns that make sense together. We don't necessarily think the same way as God thinks. His way, when it comes to His way, we are fools. It says in the book of Proverbs, chapter number 14, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of the end thereof are the ways of death. Even in laughter the heart is sorrowful. The end of that mirth is heaviness. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And a good man shall be satisfied from himself. You see, the father of the man that wrote these words had... Uh, da the King David, he, he wrote in the book of Psalms, chapter number one blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season his leaves shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper you see, our ways make sense to us. But our ways are not the way of holiness. Our ways are not the way of holiness. They do not line up end to end. We, we read in the book of Galatians chapter 6, it says, The works of the flesh are manifest and are these, and it begins to list forth all these um, different ways that people sin uncleanness and uh, lasciviousness and idolatry and we just go on and on we hear all these different things that we do and he even ends it by saying and such like said so they that do these things and those that take pleasure in these things are ungodly they're not holy and they are not going to get you where we as a church want to go. Said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, law, against temperance, against such there is no law. No law, whether godly or of man is going to stop you from loving, from being gentle, from being kind, from being temperate, from being, from being meek. If we'll follow the way of holiness, if we will follow the Spirit, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, this is what Jesus was met with again and again, was people that thought they knew the way and didn't. In John 3, it was Nicodemus who come to him and he said, Now I know that you must be sent from God, for no, no man can do what you do except the Lord be with him. And Jesus just kind of goes straight into it from there and says, as I already said, verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he 
cannot enter the kingdom of God. That was his response to Nicodemus saying, how can a man be born again? He said, marvel not that I said you must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. The wind blows where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, and canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is every man that walks in the Spirit. And Nicodemus says, how could that be? What are you talking about, Jesus? I don't get what you're talking about. Are you a master of Israel and know not these things? You think you're so smart, Nicodemus. You're more educated than most of the people in this nation. How do you not know what I'm talking about? That's not the response that Jesus gives in John 4 when he's met with questions. He doesn't say to this random Samaritan woman, you're not supposed to be the most well-educated. He says, he, he spells it out a lot more plainly there. But to him, he says, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That the world through him might be saved. It's, you see, Isaiah's words are coming back. He said, there will be a way. That way will be the way of holiness. And the wayfaring man, though he be a fool, will not err to enter in. You see, it's not going to be easy to mess this up. It's not going to be easy to mess this up. It's easy to live for God. Well, let me put it this way. It's simple to live for God. It's simple to live for God. It's not something that a foolish person is going to mess up. God talk. Jesus is talking to this man in John 3, Nicodemus, one of the smartest, most well-educated men in all of the nation, a master of Israel. By master of Israel, he means a well-educated man. And this well-educated man responds with, what are you talking about? On the other hand, in John 4, he walks into a city of Galilee, a city of Samaria called Sychar, meets a woman at a well, one of the most disrespected of the society, the lowest of the lowest of people. And he starts talking to her, having a normal conversation. And she's questioning why he's doing things differently than anyone else would do them. She said, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And he says, 
Whosoever drinketh of this well will thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I give him shall never thirst. The water that I give him shall be a well of water springing into everlasting life. And she doesn't respond with, what are you talking about? She says, okay, cool, let me get in on this. A fool and a wayfaring man will not err to enter in. Someone who's the lowest of the low can figure out, hey, this sounds like a good deal. Get me in on it. Get me in on this deal. I want to be part of this deal. It's not how does that work, but how can I get in? It's not what you're saying doesn't make sense. It's I want this thing. That's the way I want in on it. Get me in on this. You see, the most educated come with questions, but the least educated are saying, all right, cool, just get me in on this. I don't need to know how it works. I don't need to understand the deep theology. I just need how do I do this thing? How do I get on the pathway? How do I start following? Once I start following the path, I think I can keep on going. But get me on the path. Just tell me how to get to the path and I'll follow it. I'll go that way. Just get me there. You see, the ones who are most educated, the disciples that have been walking with Jesus for three years, ask him and say, I don't know where you're going. How can I possibly go where you're going if I don't know where you're going or how you're getting there? Jesus said, have you been with me so long? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If you'd known me, you know my Father, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And Philip responds to that sentence with, Show us the Father. And, and that'll be enough for me. Yeah. Have I been so long with you and you don't already know the answer to your own question? You've not been paying attention, Philip. Believest thou not? I'm the Father, the Father in me, the words that I speak to you, not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He does the works. Believe me, I'm in the Father, the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Don't you get it, Philip? It's me. I'm the answer. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I and my Father are one. You see, the law of the Lord that David spoke of that you should delight in, the way that I've been telling you about, the everlasting life that I promised to Nicodemus, the water that I promised to the woman at the well, and the way that I'm trying to tell you disciples about. It's me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is no other way but me. Well, amen. Uh, This verse is no stranger uh, to what I have thought about recent months and studying for when I... Uh, I'm called on to preach. I've recently preached out of Isaiah chapter 35. A few weeks ago, I preached a message called It's All in Him. And I talked about a few verses before that. But just to kind of refresh us, uh, I'm going to read this verse again, even just maybe just for myself. 
Um, and it says, Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. Um, today, what I'm going to kind of focus on is I want to talk about the highway. Where is this highway located? If you go all the way back to Isaiah chapter 35, verse 1, you find the scripture that reads, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It says, And the highway shall be there, and away. And there, that is, is speaking about, is the wilderness and in the desert. And a popular song that is in my prayer, prayer playlist, the song goes something a little like, He's making ways in the wilderness and making rivers in the desert. God's desire is to bring streams into the dry places. His desire is to bring streams into the wild places, into the cities that are wildernesses with addicts and, and pain-stricken residents. And when I wrote the word wildernesses, I didn't really want to say it, but I said it anyway because it's kind of a tongue twister. But that's what God wants to do. He wants to bring streams of living water into the wilderness and into the desert. He wants to take hope. He wants to bring a new way into places that are stricken with addicts and stricken with pain and hurt. And I'll say today uh, that kind of as the middleman, uh, Jake can kind of lifted us up in the beginning, but maybe I can kind of you know, kind of remind us about our flesh and help us today. And our pastor's going to wrap it all up in the, big, in the end. But I'll tell us that the way closer to God is paved with inconvenience. And that kind of would maybe sound opposite of what you would think it would be like living for God. But in all honesty, God has made a way for us, as we just read in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8, there is a way. God made a way in the very beginning. He ordained holiness, which is being separate, separation, it, being closer to God. Since the beginning, He called His people out. He called people out of the whole creation that He made called humanity. And beginning, we have you know, just a few examples. Abraham and his sons, David and his sons, consequently the sons of Abraham, and all being the fathers of the bloodline of Jesus Christ. We are called out today being in the bloodline of Jesus by the Holy Ghost. The spirit of adoption from Romans chapter 8 is on us today. Holiness is a way of inconvenience as far as our flesh is concerned. Because as spirit-filled people in the church, hearing the phrase, holiness is inconvenience, you know, doesn't sound too distant from us. But when our flesh receives that word, then we find resistance. The reason why most of the world doesn't really see anything see it necessary to have holiness or be separate is because on the outside it looks like inconvenience. And this world glorifies convenience. But God is looking for those who will do the inconvenient. Before us a highway has been paved with inconvenience. Jesus, being the God of the universe, could have found a more convenient way to come and save humanity. Being the one who wrote the plans and ordained everything to happen, he could have done it a different way. He could have sent somebody else to take his place, but he didn't. He came himself. Instead, 
Instead, he could have had more animals sacrificed. He could have had more lamb's blood spilled for sins on the altar, but he come and shed his blood. I'll tell you that it was his flesh that was torn. It's not pleasurable to die for humanity. And that may resound in some of our spirits today that it's not pleasurable to kill off parts of our flesh to get closer to God. But it also wasn't comfortable on Calvary. It's not comfortable to sacrifice. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Holiness is not convenient, but it is our reasonable service. God came and He gave everything on the cross for us. He became a living sacrifice, living all the while He knew He was going to die one day for everyone that He called when He was cut on in the flesh on earth. It says, holy and acceptable. That is the way that God is calling us to take, the way of inconvenience, the way that He came and paved Himself where He come and showed the disciples how they should live. And He, today through the Holy Ghost, is guiding us how we should live. I'll tell you what, that it's easier just to listen to everything that comes across our ears than just to skip what isn't glorifying God. It's easier to watch whatever is on TV than to just weed through to find the cleaner things besides the unclean things. And before I end today, I'll tell you something I've learned recently. I've learned that in this moment of loss that you know, worse, I'm still experiencing and going through in my life, I'll tell you something. I feel more hopeless when I'm not monitor, monitoring my intake. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm pulling out my phone and listening to heavy metal music and all this kind of stuff. That doesn't mean I'm pulling out the TV remote and turning on whatever I think I want to watch, whatever my flesh wants to see. That just means that there are a few things in my life that I listen to that aren't necessarily bad, but it's not necessarily good. And a lot of that falls in uh, jazz music and military podcasts. And I, I, last week, or the, about two weeks ago, I decided that I was going to change my intake. That in, because I, I had been going through some depression, and I had been feeling sadder than I really felt like I should have. So I was like, I'm going to change what I've been intaking. And that was inconvenient for me because it was a lot easier just to turn on a Vietnam podcast and listen to that. It was a lot easier just to turn on this uh, jazz music playlist I got and listen to that. But I decided to change my intake, and it really started to change how I was feeling. But it was inconvenient to my flesh because I instead was listening to preaching. Instead, I was listening to gospel music, you know. And that may be extremely literal today, but that's some ways that we can go down this highway that God has paid for us, the way of holiness. Because it says that unclean shall not pass over it. The unclean things in our life, they're not going to make it with us. We've got to leave those before we step down that way. And uh, that's all I got to say. Give them both a good hand. Amen. Proud of both of them. And I haven't started my timer yet, but I'm fixing to. So, scripture up there. Universe. There we go. And a highway shall be there. 
Seemed like we just heard this, right? <laughs> and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called, say it with me, the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. Who's it for? Who's it for? Let's read this. For the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. As I prayed today and I sought God and I prayed for the church and I prayed for the individuals here. I don't know, but David, this scripture just began to get in my mind. And I began to pray and think about... Uh, um, now, I, I'm talking from a pastor's standpoint, so please... Nobody be offended in anything I'm fixing to say with this, please, because I'm, uh, as a pastor, I seek God and I try my best to figure out exactly uh, 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 what I can do to help each individual to get on this highway that Texas was talking about and, and live and walk within this newborn uh, lifestyle that Jacob was giving us here today because both of them are absolutely imperative to where God wants us to be. And as a pastor, when I pray for you individually, I don't just call your name out and say, God, touch Texas and help him. But uh, you know what? I, uh, now, some days I do, but uh, oftentimes the way I pray, I say, God, Lord, would you help Texas? I know he just lost his mom and his sister and, and help him work through this grief and help him work through this thing as I begin to go through each individual that's here today and, and, there's, and there's nobody here today that I, I didn't call your name out and pray for you this morning I, I begin to say God oh God help them Lord and, and there's certain individuals whether they be here or not be here I won't even tell you that today because I pray for others that's not here today God what's it going to take for them to get to this place that they can walk and, and be able to uh, walk and be in the place that you want them to be. And I just, this scripture just began to hit my mind and my heart and my spirit. And I begin to think about, oh God, the scripture says it's so easy for a fool or a wayfaring man to enter in. Why are we making it so hard? And why can people just not get in that place and walk where it's an easy path and an easy place? And, and I begin to think about it. It is so simple to live for God. It is so simple to live for God. And Jacob covered it very well when he's talking about how we just got to be born again. And, I, and it is so simple. The, the plan of salvation is laid out so easy. And, it, and you look at it, it seems to be simple. And so, so simple. But then it, it immediately right behind us, said, but why is it so hard? Sister Janet, it's simple. But yet it's hard. It's simple. Yet it's hard. And both these young men told you today why it was so simple and why it was so hard. Jacob laid out the plan of salvation that Jesus gave them and said, look, you've just got to be born again. You've just got to repent. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name and, you, and you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. And that is the simple part of it. But then Texas got out here and laid out the hard part of it. He laid out the fact that, yeah, that, that, that is it. But you know what? There's a way that's called a highway to holiness. It's a way and we've got to walk on that road. And Sister Michelle, if we can't walk on that road of holiness... You're going to have a hard time living for Jesus. It may be simple, a concept of grasping. And Sister, Sister Penny, that we could just get, oh, you just got to repent and you go down in water and they call on the name of Jesus and he will fill you with the Holy Ghost. But once that simple part is done,
that, then there's the hard part. You've got to get on that road. You've got to walk on that road. Because without walking on that road, hallelujah, guess what happens? It becomes very hard in your life. And you're instead of because on the road, they're, they're on the road, praise God. Uh, you know, somebody says, you're, uh, you, you're on the wrong side of the road. No, this is only a one-way road. And it doesn't matter whether you're on this side of the road or that side of the road. You need to be in the road, praise God, and going. Because if you're going the wrong way, you're going to get run over. Because there's only one way to go, praise God. we got to go straight towards Jesus and live for Him. Amen. Hallelujah. And as I, as I begin to think about it and pray about it, and, uh, and I guess I can see why the Lord wanted these two young men to jump in here with us today because they give you both the contrast of the simple part yet the hard part because the, the, whole, the holiness part of it uh, is the, 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 uh, the, the simple part of it. It, 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 uh, it reaches for the, the, uh, the spirit part that God put inside of us because every one of us, God put a little bit of heaven in every one of us whether you want to admit it or not there's a part of you that wants to go to heaven there's a part of you that wants to make heaven your home there's a part of you inside that's that emptiness inside of you that God put there sister Janet and said and he put something inside of us that's hunger hungry for God and wants more of God and that's why people reach for all kinds of other things in life but, but listen to me it's the other part that Texas was talking about that's the hard part it goes against our fleshly desires it goes against what we really want because holiness he said you know a lot of people when you say holiness like oh or we're talking about sleeves and we're talking about hair and that's a part of it but the real part of holiness the part that's even harder than that is that inner man that inner part that does not want to give in to time and prayer with God and does not want to give up their, their sports events and don't want to give up praise the Lord they uh, being addicted to this and addicted to that that's a part that's hard when we got to crucify the flesh and we got to crucify the way we're feeling because that's the part that sets us apart from everybody else if it was just as easy to uh, just say, you know what, all you got to do is confess your sins and say, oh Lord, will you forgive me of my sins, then everything's okay. That would be the easy part. Yeah. But there's more to it than that. It's more to it. It's a part in there that you and I have to get on that road. The scripture, Rebecca. We got to get on that road. A highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the way of wholeness. And listen to what he said. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for the wayfaring man. I try to find that word. I have a Bible dictionary on my, on my iPad, my phone. I have a Bible that you can just click on it, and it gives you the definition of the word. Pop, the Strong's pops up. It has to be underlined. It's not there. So I went to the Strong's Concordance. It was a very vague uh, definition. Then I went and done, went to Brother Google and Googled it and tried to find the wayfaring man. It's only in there a few times. And the best, every commentary and dictionary that I can find that says the wayfaring man, it's the best definition you can find. He's just the traveler. 
He's just the one that's on that road and he's traveling along that way of the highway. Hey, let me tell you what, every one of us, Sister Lisa, if we're going to make heaven our home, we're going to have to be the traveler on that road. And you know what the traveler is? He gets weary in his journey. And sometimes people hurt our feelings. And sometimes we have bills that's due that we don't know what we're going to do. And sometimes we get sick and we, we don't want to take medicine, but we have to take medicine. Sometimes this week I've been battling my back hurting me. And sometimes you just got to deal with it. It's just life. And you're just traveling through this old world. You're the wayfaring man. You're along this wayfare and you're going along and you're trying the best to make it through heaven, make it to heaven and make heaven your home. But whatever we have to do, you got to stay on that highway. Because if you're on that highway, there's nothing in the way that's going to get in your way. Praise God. The only thing that will get in our way is this man. It's me. My flesh. My flesh wants to climb off that road and go through the wilderness because it's easy how to hide out in that place and get away from everything. Amen. And for years I have heard this scripture. i got just a few more minutes and I'll be done. Years I've heard this scripture and I myself I believe possibly we have quoted it so wrong. God make it so easy that the fool and wayfarer man would not err to enter in. Have you ever heard it? Have we? Is that what it is? Huh? Listen to the New Living Translation. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. The land that Texas is talking about. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. Evil-minded people will never travel on it. Let me tell you what. If, you, if you've got evil in your mind, that's, that's what he's saying with that scripture up there. And the unclean is not going to get on that road. If you're unclean, you can't walk on that road. Because the only person can walk on that way of holiness is somebody who's separated from this entire world. You're separated from all this junk. And the only way you can be separated, God, you have to separate yourself from them. That is our process. How do you become that? How do you live that separated life? As Texas was talking about, it's the inconvenient part of Christianity. It's crucifying the flesh, and you're the you and I are the only one can, that can crucify that flesh. Only you and I can crucify the flesh. Praise God! And here's the thing: you can't do it by yourself. It's always going to be somebody else that's going to have to help crucify you. And that's the part we don't like. Her brother Morgan said, he said, I went out to the garage and I got me a hammer and I got me a nail and I wanted to see if I could crucify myself. He said, I could do one hand, but the other one was going to take someone else. Yeah. And we don't like it when somebody else begins to crucify our flesh and bring pain and disorder in our world. But that's what brings us separation where we're willing, hallelujah, to do this. But listen to this. It will be only for those who walk in God's ways. Fools will never walk there. Yeah, though we might be a fool at some time or another, but let me tell you what, if you're a fool, you're not going to walk that way. 
We may have been a fool at one time, but in order for us to walk on that way, we got to make sure that we're separated and we live separated. And as I prayed and I sought God, and I know I got uh, just a few minutes because if I held them to it, I'm going to hold myself to it. And I began to pray and say, Oh God, what's it going to take? Something just begin to run over me. Tears begin to run out of my eyes. And God just begin to let me know they have got, or just to say you, it was like you have got to want this more than anything else in this world hallelujah oh come on I know it may seem hard and it may seem tough but it's really simple today we simply just got to want to know Jesus more than we know anything else in this world Just recently, they're not here. I'm going to say this real quickly. There, there's a particular situation that transpired in a church when we had, we had somebody that was interested in uh, uh, another person in, in the church. And all of a sudden, this individual began to make a change in their life. And it's to the point that they told me this. They said, people's wanting to come to church and meet that person that's made such a difference in your life. You don't want to smoke pot no more. You don't want to hang out with us no more. What's going on with you? See, this is what I'm talking about. If we can get it in us so much when there's a goal that's greater than the thing that's antagonizing us right now. This, it's the, it's, it's, this is the simple part of it. When we get our focus on Jesus and we realize that He is the only thing, hallelujah, we realize that if I touch this, it could cause me to lose out. That's what happened to this young man. That's what happened to my mama and my daddy. Daddy came in one time when they was very young in their marriage and he was, uh, had been drinking. And Mama said, let me tell you right now, if you're going to live with me, the drinking's going to go. If you don't want to go, then you're going. Get out of my house. I don't remember my daddy ever drinking. But I remember him loving Mary Orton. You know why? There was something greater than that thing that was antagonizing him. That hard part of it. Yeah, it might have been hard for him to lay down the alcohol. It might have been hard for him to get away from them friends that he was hanging out with every day, uh, every weekend, going hanging out with them at the, at the lake on the boat than, than, than with Mama. But Daddy made his mind up. He said, I want Mary Orton more than I want them guys, more than I want that drink, more than I want that lifestyle. And I, God just let me know today, if we're going to walk on that road of holiness, it's going to be because we're going to choose that part that he was talking about. We're going to walk the simple way that Jake and Talked about, and we're gonna we're gonna go over that part, that hard part that Texas was talking about, that part that's not easy, and we're gonna walk this road of holiness through the desert ways. Praise God! It'd be simple, yet it's hard. Praise God! But let me tell you what: it's going to be worth it. It's gonna be worth it. Hear me? It's gonna be worth it. I have I have two minutes, so I'm gonna say this and be done. Bethany can come. As I prayed and I saw God, the tears begin to run down my eyes. I was convinced it's in every one of us in here. It's in us, sister. Sister Janet, it's in us. Every one of us in this place today. It's in us here today. You want to live for God. You want to make heaven your home. It's in you. It's in us. It's simple, but it's hard. Because we live in this every day.
hurt your feelings. I get tired. I get sick. I get weary. I'm busy. I need time away. I, I can't always get that. I need that. My body gets down. I get the aching. I get the hurting. Austin, I got to overcome that. I got to battle that. I got to climb up on that road of holiness when I don't even want to. That road of holiness is crucifying myself. Don't we want to walk on that place? Don't we want to make heaven our home? I do. It's simple. It's hard. We can do it. I believe in you. God believes in you. My time has come and gone. But I wonder if you and I can climb up on that road. And sure. We're talking about the way, and we're talking about the way of holiness. But what is that holiness? It's not. It's not a dress code. It's not a sleeve, hair length. It's a heart. It's a heart where. An old redneck boy like I was. When me and Sister Cheryl was dating, says, you look better in this type of pants. Why are you wearing that kind of jeans? I, I like you in these jeans. And she changed my entire wardrobe because I wanted to please her. Stand with me if you would. say I know my time that part is done but I feel impressed to talk to you for a second Jesus is literally fixing to come if you can't look around and see it Jesus is literally fixing to come Someone is battling staying on that road. And if you're not careful, I'm telling you what I feel in my spirit right now. You're going to walk out them doors today and you may never, ever fall back into truth. I feel it. that part that's hard 
because that's the only way it becomes easy. It's an old saying, I don't know who originated it, but my brother-in-law, Terry Crickmer, said all the time. It's easy to live for God hard, but hard to live for God easy. It's easy to live for God hard, but it's hard to live for God easy. Simply saying is, if you take the easy way out, you have no standards in your own life, you have no convictions in your own spirit, you don't, we don't take control of our flesh, we don't control our emotions, it is a choice. It becomes hard. But the easy way is when we control that and let God control it. I'm calling on us today. Come find a place and let's talk to God and let's let Him speak to our spirit. Let's say, God, I'm calling on you to help me, God. I've, made, I've had to make some decisions over the last year to crucify some things out of my life that Texas was talking was taken from my spirit. Was taken from my spirit. Don't let that. Don't let that. That hobby. Don't let that feeling. Don't let that addiction. Don't let that person. Don't let that in your spirit suck you dry give it to Jesus because there is a highway it's the way of holiness if our unclean spirit is not clean we can't walk on it I'm just asking us today to find a place and say God let me be that wayfaring person let me walk on that let me be the traveler come on the traveler's seen a lot of things. He's been through a lot of stuff. But you can make it. I can make it. And I can do it better if we do it in hand in hand. So let's talk to the Lord. I'm, I'm done. Just speak to the Lord. Right? Lord help us.